0: Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Are getting a sense that things are moving towards normality or whatever the new normality will be? Um, We heard the Taoiseach uh, yesterday talking about personal responsibility being uh, very important in the months to come. Uh, The government suggesting over the weekend that they were going to set out a roadmap yet another one, at the end of this month uh, to indicate how return to office, return to school and the uh, lifting of final restrictions will take place. Against that... We now know we're heading towards 2,000 cases a day. Uh, We know there are over 200 COVID cases in hospital. University Hospital Limerick and Dora Doyle under particular pressure. They have visiting restrictions in place um, at the moment and uh, just over 30 in ICU. And uh, the vaccine programme continues to be rolled out and there's a big uptake of that. 12 to 15-year-olds, that age cohort uh, being opened up and then this question about whether children younger than that Uh, will uh, have the opportunity to take up the vaccine and clearly a very important programme of explanation for parents will Have to take place in that context um, because parents, whatever about taking the vaccine themselves, will have a lot of questions about uh, the potential impact on the vaccine, short, medium, and long term, on their young children. But one industry, and I saw it a lot on holidays across social media, they were putting their hands up and they were making the point, you know, why are we different to? others, are we not a powerful enough lobby, or is our message not being heard enough, is uh, the live events industry, uh, theatre, um, indoor concerts, uh, small intimate gatherings, larger gatherings, etc., etc., and what is going to happen there? Well, Joining us to chat about it, we have Limerick actor, and I'm sure you know her from her appearances on Casualty, the BBC TV drama, Michelle Fox, and uh, two good friends of the show, Jill Fenton from the Lime Tree Theatre here in Limerick, and Miles Breen, who's involved, among many other things, in Bottom Dog Theatre. You're all very welcome. Now, Michelle, you can give us a a perspective on this uh, across the water. What are the restrictions like in theatre in England at the moment?
1: Hi, thanks Hi. for having oh, me yeah. on. Um, so, uh, basically, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I finished uh, a, um, a three months on a show. We did Romeo and Juliet over in London. And the thing is, so, what we were really appreciated of, we were really appreciated that at least they were giving us the chance to open with all the COVID restrictions that we had. And we had a lot of them. And I think that the Irish government should give the arts a chance. So, what we had, we had testing two to three times a week. Um, that was antigen testing done by nurses who came in um, and we had um, mask wearing at all times inside and outside of the rehearsal space unless you were in the middle of a scene. Uh, we had when um, when we were doing the show I mean the second we were on stage the mask came off. We had a socially distanced performance. Um, we had one ways in corridors. We had lots of, you know what I mean, uh, current, like, just a lot of restrictions going on. And, and even now, the audience, I mean, most theatres now are doing it that if, you, if you're if you not double-vaxxed, that they will give you free antigen testing at the theatre so that the both the audience feel comfortable knowing that, you know, everyone has a negative test or is double-vaxxed. And the cast and crew feel comfortable. Um, so that's what we've been doing over the UK.
0: Are there any capacity restrictions on audience numbers?
1: So we were one of the first shows to open back up. We opened so in the theatre at Regent, uh, it it holds about twelve hundred. We were at six hundred for the majority of the run. Um, so for the last week, we reopened to a full house, um, and so that was you know it, it it was great to see people back, and it was it was great to just be given a chance. I mean, if you even saw the the, the tweet from Gaiety Theatre, that 50 people are, went to their matinee at the weekend while 24,000 people went to Croke Park. I think it says a lot. So, um, yeah, it, it, it is a lot different over here.
0: Mm. Uh, mind you, I suppose Limerick people probably wouldn't mind the fact that so many were allowed into Croke Park at the weekend. <laughs> no, I think
1: it's great. But I also, I think it's so great if people like the arts, I mean, I'm sure Miles will talk about it, but like Waiting for Proro, um uh, yeah, written by the wonderful Mike Finn, but like it, it really lifts people's spirits. It, it, people have an amazing time with a gorgeous piece of theatre. So, you know what I mean. Let everyone, everyone has so 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 many things they love to go see, and I think they should be given the chance to.
0: Yeah. And Miles Breen, I mean, your friend and colleague Liam O'Brien, I saw him tweeting that it was just a wonderful experience to be with you, I think, and he was saying that lots of people were just making the effort to stop and say how much they enjoyed you and enjoyed Waiting for Poirot, which was an outdoor event, of course, yep. um, and, and you got the weather, thankfully, for the majority of it, <laughs> yes. um, as well, at the People's Park. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I suppose the, the Waiting for Poirot was one solution to the problem of how would you perform to audiences and stuff like that, obviously, with outdoor um, performance, you were, it's easier to do social distancing, uh, it's easier to sort of um, uh, with mask wearing. And again, like Michelle said, we were, again, both in terms of the rehearsals and the performance, uh, you know, all of us want cast, crew, and auditors to be safe. So we were following all the protocols, uh, mask wearing, sanitation, and social distancing and stuff like that. Obviously, with an outdoor event, there is the whole issue that outdoors is safer than indoors. Um, so that, but that is a very rare thing to be able to do in Ireland. And we were incredibly lucky. We only had one show out of 24 that we got a little spitty rain. That is not the normal situation in Ireland. So, um, outdoor performances obviously make life easier on that, on that sense. But, um, at the moment we are in a position where they are saying theaters can open again for indoor events, but with audience restrictions and that's brilliant. And I'm, I'm, i delighted that, that that's happening. However, there's still a huge uncertainty because with those audiences' restrictions, it creates huge um, financial sort of issues in the sense of, can you afford to do the show? Is it possible to do the show? Um, at the moment, I'm very lucky. I had a one-man show about Oscar Wilde in the bag. And we're going to be going out on tour in September and October to a number of venues uh, around the country, including the Bell Table, uh, Listow, Wicklow, Wexford. But that's with the support of the venues. That With the one-man show, not as many people to pay. Also, not as many people in the building and stuff like that. So so it is possible to do that. The big concern I have, I'm sure Michelle and, and Jill uh, would have the same thing, is that large productions, um, big one for me obviously is Panto every year. We still don't know uh, if that's going to be possible come Christmas, and that's months in advance, because that's a big show that requires full houses, um, and that. We're still slightly, we don't know what's coming down the line there with like larger
0: uh, indoor performances. And uh, have to say, Miles, uh, having seen um, one of your amazing one-man shows in the past, not the particular one you're talking about, <laughs> they're in for a treat, whoever gets to uh, uh, Thank you. Um, but tell me about um, the numbers that you were allowed at waiting for Poirot in terms of the audience. Um, I, I think it was, uh, and until Jill
2: wouldn't know the night, but we had a capacity yeah. of 70 per performance. But yeah. well, we were doing two performances a night. So in one sense, you're sort of doubling your audience, even though you're... You, so, so in that sense. Um, but that was, again, with an outdoor setting. Um, but that's due to one, COVID, due to safety in the park and stuff like that as well. And also but, just but of course, I,
0: the point being that while that performance was going on, it appears as though the understanding of what was allowed for outdoor events and live music... Was different in law because, according to what happened last week, then with the Merion Gate affair, suddenly yeah. the government was saying, "Oh, um, uh, well, hang on a second, But then we've heard the industry, including restaurants, say that they had been banging on the door of the government for six weeks yeah. to establish what exactly the limits um, were. So, like for for you guys, you know, seventy could have been one hundred and forty. It
2: uh, quite possibly could have been, yeah. and there's a slight, like, um, as I say, the, the change in the goalposts for different industries. Obviously, the theatre industry and the live music industry um, uh, is one industry. Then you have restaurants and cafes and stuff like that. But that whole thing of it's not one rule fits all at the moment. It seems it it, it depends on and stuff like that. The one thing, though, I will say about, like, I mean, and I know myself from having, uh, in September of last year, um, when we opened up again, um, the Bell Table kindly um, uh, supported us to do a series of rehearsed readings that was indoors. Again, we jumped through all the COVID protocols and stuff like that. Um, the worry then is, of course, that when cases go up, then everything closes down again. So there is that sort of. Mm-hmm. I think we all want to get it right. Yes. Um. um but at the same time, it's a clarity, I suppose, and also the this issue of um, I know we have vaccinations now, and for example, for restaurants, you have to show that you are vaccinated, and then you're allowed in and stuff like that. I mean. Uh, that rule doesn't seem to be coming in for theatre
0: and, and, and indoor live music events as well. Yeah, um, uh, we're chatting to Miles Breen, to Michelle Fox, and to Jill Fenton as well from the Lime Tree Theatre. And uh, Jill, I, I must say, I wasn't hot of this obviously, but when I saw the controversy emerging around the Marion, um, yeah, I, it, one of the first groups of people I thought of genuinely were those in live events, and including many in Limerick, and how it must have cut to the core to see that versus every challenge that you guys have had to face.
3: Yeah, I mean it is it is very difficult. Just in relation to waiting for Pearl, Miles is correct. We did have seventy for each performance, the two performances each night. So we had twenty four and if you think, really, the bell table capacity is 210 and the Lime Tree Theatre's capacity is 520. So, you know, the reason why we went with 70 in the end, though, even if the capacity went up slightly, we were being very, very cautious from the beginning because there really wasn't a very clear roadmap. And, you know, waiting for Poirot with Tara... Doolan and Pius McGrath, who are on a start, and they produced Waiting for Poro. The conversations around capacity started way back in March. So the reason why we we mentioned 70 really was around the sight lines as well and managing the crowd with, you know, with all the COVID restrictions in place and the procedures. We felt that 70 with their front of house staff and with everybody involved to manage that would be probably the maximum number we would be able to have at each performance anyway. But that will just give you the numbers, Joe. I mean, it really is a case of, you know, two performances on a night, you know, is at 140. If we were to have one show in the bell table, you know, it would be uh, 210. So it is It is financially, it's, it's very, very difficult. And we're currently trying to work on you know, from now until December at an autumn programme. And it's very difficult because we're still up in the air. Like everybody, just as what miles was saying, it still isn't clear. Like currently, what we are working on is 50 capacity, both in the Bell Table and in the Lime Tree Theatre. Now, the feeling within the industry from talk, because we obviously are talking to other venues all over the country, is that that will be increased um, probably by the end of September to maybe 100 in each um, but, like, for the likes of UCH, or our friends in UCH, I mean, it's such a huge um Almost a thousand, venue. isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, like, even ourselves, even if we had um, two metres, you know, we'd have more than that of um, a distance. And then you're talking about pods, because generally people don't go on their own to a theatre performance or a live performance. They come with somebody. Yeah. So you have a, a situation where you can have pods as well, and then you could have more people in as well. So, it's just very frustrating because we feel like this conversation has been happening now for nearly a year and we still, yeah. we, we still don't feel like things are very clear. And even, uh, I don't know if you remember, but earlier this year we did a series of online concerts into the stream.
0: I do, and yeah.
3: that you know, we, we had to just do so much work in preparation for that. So the musicians on the stage and the singers on the stage, the film crew and all the technical staff, everybody around was safe. And I suppose that it's such a controlled environment because we have a a ticketing system um, that will allow us to be in control um, of how people move around. The the reality
0: is that based on everything you've said, the numbers don't add up here. Either the numbers that you're allowed in theatres alongside the financial numbers. So what is your expectation now um, in August as to what's going to happen across the autumn?
3: Well, we do the. I mean, the reality right now is we have shows available in September and October, and you know we are. Um, I suppose we are being subsidised to a certain degree by the Arts Council because every venue in the country is exactly the same. Um, so there is a commitment there. But from October, we're we're hopeful that the um, capacity will increase. And this is literally like if I was talking to you this time. Uh, before COVID, pre-COVID time, you know, our autumn programme would be gone to print by June of that year. For sure, ready yeah. f- you know, ready for distribution in mid-August. But now we literally, our plans, I can't tell you, Joe, the frustration around all of the planning. It's like plan A, plan B, plan C, and it c- continues. And right now we, we can only forecast to the end, really, of October. And,
0: and the other difficulty that you are absolutely going to have, I think, is... The slow emergence, even when the regulations are clearer, which hopefully by at least the end of this month, they will be because that's what the government is saying. There's going to be another roadmap. Um, But you will have quite a number of people, I think, in society who will jump straight out there again and go for it there will be a lot who probably will sit and and wait and won't want to come to places like the Lime Tree for a while. Whatever reassurances you give, not through any fault of yours, or not that they wouldn't, Mm. because of everything they've had to put up with for the last 18 months.
3: Absolutely, and would you blame them? I mean, I really feel that this, and we're not naive to think it won't be like that, Joe. I mean, on the other side, on the flip side of that is you can't generate a program overnight either. You need time because obviously the touring companies, actors, producers, everybody—they're all on wait as well. You know, they're 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 chatting. And they're hoping, but like you can't turn a show around to go on tour to five venues overnight. All of that takes time. So between now and Christmas, we are really um, of the understanding within the industry as well that, you know, it will be quiet until the end of the year because people need to build up a bit of confidence. But we also need to get a program. You know, there also needs to be that in place before they can go out on the road and tour to different venues and for the actors and the company, the audience, for everybody to feel safe. So that is going to take a while and we're very much aware of that. Um, I suppose the key message though is, you know, there are a lot of things, outdoor things, happening And within the, you know, within the Lime Tree Theatre and the Bell Table, the commitment is there that anybody that does come in, it will be really safe and the communications around that for our our audiences will be, you know, will exactly um, communicate that.
0: Well, I was very conscious going up and down the West Coast on my own holidays that um, really, if the government were able to put the plan in place and if the numbers allowed, it would be absolutely no harm to have a a one-off bank holiday at the end of September. Um, um, no, ri- w- and, and i mean and it's not just for a day off now i'm saying that i actually mean <laughs> to genuinely try and extend the tourist season because the real worry from talking to people um in various uh, tourism industries not to mention what you guys are doing is that they think it's going to fall off a cliff the end of august schools go back and they're looking at a very long winter with nothing like the income that they would normally make from april to the start of september so it's it's absolutely and, and i mean and then
1: yeah. Then
3: you, ha- you have that, but you also have, I mean, a, a lot of the programs that we have in the Lime Tree Theatre, for example, would be shows by performance schools, dance schools, like ballet schools, spotlight stage schools, frontline all of these, their um, industry is completely crippled at the moment as well. So it's, it's affecting everybody. So so many connections and if people just sit down and have a think about that, you realise how many industries and how many people are just, there's a big uh, stop sign in their way at the moment and it's really, really frustrating right. for them. You uh, know?
1: I heard it. And I uh, do think, if I can cut yes, it for a yeah. second, if, if um, the thing, and the thing is, there's been lots of ups and downs in the UK. There's been lots, of, I start rehearsals for another show in and the thing is, like actors, cast and crew, and we are doing our best. And you know, like everyone's mental health is being affected by the uncertainty of their work and the uncertainty of like, will a show close? Mm-hmm. Will a show open? Will we be able to have audience in? But I mean, the one thing that has really helped is now knowing that, like most theaters over there, if you're double vaxxed, please show your surf. And um, if not, there is, you know, I really think antigen testing is the way to go if we can get it in because i would be happy going and sitting in a theater if i knew everyone else around me was either double back or taken a negative lateral flow test and i think that that is how Despite
0: the risk factor attached there it. you know as you know the lateral flow tests do, are yeah. not they're not they, they have they have a certain accuracy but it could very mm. easily be a false positive or a false negative but do you still think that's but that's a reasonable level of risk
1: I, I still do. I mean, and I'm I'm the biggest sports fan, and I see, I was like, I see all these amazing sports events going on, and theatre is, you know what I mean, people are putting so many things in place, and I do think, and by the time, you know, even for the autumn, there'll be a huge amount of our population in Ireland fully vaccinated, and, you know what I mean, like, I, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone would feel, well, you know, most people wouldn't feel uncomfortable being like, here's my double vaccine, or like, I will take a lateral flow, and, and I think that is another key to get us back indoors and get theatre
2: back on our feet again. Right, I mm-hmm. yeah, agree. And if I, I could yeah. pick up on that as well, I mean, on Michelle, on the actor thing, is like uh, both musicians and myself and Michelle, like we, we are freelance yeah. actors. We can we can only mm-hmm. work when we are offered work. And this whole year and a half has been sort of, um, again, hugely stressful. Now, we all know that it's a precarious business. So you have good years, you have bad years, but obviously this has been just a big stop sign put in front of us. Mm-hmm. And as Jill was saying, to plan something, are you going to spend two months planning something and then discover that it can't go on? And that that has been really hard. Is that I know a lot of stuff has happened online. For me personally, it's not the same. It's not what I do, and that has been, you know, I mean, people have been as inventive as possible trying to create uh, some sort of performances. But it is, I mean, theatre by its very nature is live, and and that's something that I've particularly missed. And um, uh, it has been a really challenging year and a half. It's yeah. how to sort of keep yeah. your your sort of your your positive um, belief in what you do and how you do it. Um yeah, So, and, um, and as just I say, to follow
3: up on that, Miles, the thing is, I really feel like waiting for Porro, um and seeing the park the way it was for the run of uh, of that. I mean, it was so beautiful, and you know, people are being really creative because it is summer. But it's what you said a minute ago, Joe, in relation to the tourist industry. It will fall off a cliff in the sense that. You know, like, it, if it isn't extended, it, you're looking at a long winter then, you know. Like, even yeah. now we're in August and we have um, Michael Murphy. The Gay Theatre is due for a show. It's called In Middletown. And it was due to happen on Thursday last. And there was a yellow warning out because the weather was so bad. It's been rescheduled for this evening. It's in a, in, in a truck, in a car park, in Mary Eye And the weather at the moment, like, it is going ahead because... We're looking at the forecast every 10 minutes, and it's saying that the showers are stopping after one one o'clock. But you know, that stress that's involved with trying to communicate with ticket holders and and then with the actual actor as well, all of that creates so much stress, you know?
0: Okay, well, listen, I can hear the passion, I can hear the frustration, Mm. I can hear the desire to perform (laughs) in a normal way again uh, in the next few months, and the insistence at this point by all of you and by the industry in general that. One way or the other, you need to know. You have to have a sense of it. And as I say, last week, I was amazed. I heard a couple of French accents, um, maybe a few English accents, and this is up and down the wild Atlantic way now, so you can imagine. Um, But... No American accents, no, no, none others that no. you could hear. And you just gave a real sense of how horribly difficult it is for businesses that depend on the public in a very direct way, as all of you guys do. Well, listen, thank you very much for talking to us. Miles Breen, Michelle Fox and Jill Fenton. And we will continue to bang the drum here and hopefully you'll get um, some answers that you really desperately need in the next few weeks.